Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from. Put your dead son in a cemetery. It's him or carry. Be very afraid. You'll be our number one I'm fan and one get day. carried away. All working, no play, you know it. Always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every nards? scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 Welcome to Headcanon. Tonight we have a very special uh, episode. We Our guest, Aubrey, you may know her from Twitter, uh, uh, at Aubrey Pesky, that pesky Aubrey. One of our favorite guests. Don't tell our other guests that. But uh, <laughs> how, how are you doing, Aubrey? How are you? I'm going to call all of your other guests individually after this to tell them that by the way but, uh, i'm doing very well thanks for having me back <laughs> good you should at least call jr mcintyre tell him let him know <laughs> yeah i'm doing great i'm happy to be talking to you lovely gents again it's been a little while yeah it's good to have you back how's how's canada <laughs> um canada's canada <laughs> yes, we'll take the heat, but um, we're gonna trade Jordan Peterson. <laughs> oh no, no! <laughs> That's what we were just talking about that before the podcast. You said he's a uh, You've got some Jordan Peterson, an infestation in your area. You say? Yes, he's coming to speak in my city on Wednesday night. Um, so I'm just about an hour from Toronto, which is uh, his home base. And um, there's a number of people in our community that are just really pissed off that he's being hosted here to spread his hatred and vitriol. And um, so we're just responding with the hate is not welcome here protest action um, at the event uh, itself. So, yeah. Fuck that guy. (laughs) Where is it at a school or where's it where's it taking place at? No, it's at like a performing arts venue, actually, where our city's symphony is housed. And uh, that oh, wow. was a real kick in the teeth <laughs> to our community as well. Yeah. So it's a big test off. So, yeah. Um, it's uh, uh, the. It's a big piss off. Sorry? What did you say it's a big piss off? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stealing that. I've never heard that before. You've never heard of It's a Big Piss Off? I love Canadians. <laughs> They're so adorable. I'm sorry. I didn't know that was a Canadian phrase. I'm not convinced. I think you live in a cave. 
you know, the most, uh, for me, like, the most infuriating thing about Jordan Peterson is, like, just because, like, he speaks so calm, like, just his manner of speaking, like, he can say the dumbest shit, but people think he's, like, you know, he'll be, like, uh, you know, yeah, we've, you, if you look at the research and you look at the studies, it's obvious to anybody with a brain that men are better at everything than women. And people are like, oh, yeah, he sounds like a smart guy. That makes sense. You're like, well, no, no, did you, did you listen to the words that he was saying? Like, what pissed me off so much is that when I posted the about this on Twitter, uh, I had a lot of comments from people who were directly denied so his supporters denying that he even stands for the things that he stands for Mm -hmm. and i think that is so much of the problem is that so much of like the actual dangerous messaging that he's doing is like going over the heads of so many people that just want to support him because they like the macho masculine ideas that he espouses they like need that sense of like i feel like somehow other people's identities is impacting my own sense (laughs) of masculinity so i really like this like reinforce these traditional archaic ideas and i think that part yeah part of the problem is that i can't even like it's one thing like to support something awful, but at least know what you are directly supporting. But these guys are either in denial or just trying to bullshit me one or the other. But they're like <laughs> literally denying that he's saying the things that he's saying. And like the one guy was like, he's just trying to simplify really complex ideas that um, are too intellectual for a lot of people. And I'm like, I've read this guy's shit. I've listened to him talk. Right. The, the concepts are not over my head. <laughs> right. They're just, They're just fucking bullshit. Dumb. <laughs> right. The one thing I will say for him, though, is I appreciate the fact that he manages to make his appearance as draconian as his belief system. <laughs> I really appreciate this like draconian ghoul image he's got going on for That's that state. Yeah, he, he does always look like he needs a he needs to like ingest a few pints of blood to get back mm-hmm. to his like the color that he should be, you know, like <laughs> but it's it's interesting to me like look undead. He has to consume blood. He yeah. He's right at home in it. That <laughs> right at home in a shitty Zack Snyder movie, uh, <laughs> but he. But I think I, I. I think the type of people that like Jordan Peterson are always looking for some kind of hero, and I don't. Yeah. I don't know if it's like a surrogate father situation, but there's definitely like an idol worship with like guys like Jordan Peterson and Elon Musk, and well, and the weird thing about those guys too, like, you know, they always praise this like alpha male macho blah blah, blah and like. I like well, that's the way. That's the way. Like, I'm I'm not a violent person. Like, I I haven't been in a fight since like elementary school, right? Like, I I'm I'm not that dude. But all of these guys, like Jordan Peterson, Elon Musk, uh, Ben yeah. Shapiro, Donald Trump, like any of the like, I feel like I could accidentally kick their ass. Like, I would accidentally beat those guys into a pulp, just yeah. like without even wanting to. You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they're not—they're not traditionally masculine <laughs> right. in any sense. They just 
cling to those ideas and like almost as it like and that's the thing is that like if you're comfortable in your own masculinity then you're not going to feel like your masculinity is threatened by other people's gender identities or whatever like the the fact that you're battling so hard to like suppress other people's gender expression is like not really lending much credence to the strength of your own like right (laughs) that makes no sense to me yeah and see i think a lot of these guys they're really just afraid that they're gonna see a woman be like oh my god that that is a hot woman that is an attractive woman and then like find out that it's a trans woman and then their whole reality will just be shattered you know like the, yeah, the entire I sense of self. It's definitely challenging to them to feel a sense of attraction towards a trans woman, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think the, the thing with Jordan Peterson, too, is, like, it's just, it's complete chilling at this point. Like, he fell into this notoriety. Like, he just fell into it by accident by doing one video that really, like, I can't even remember what the issue was that he was speaking on, but that blew up. Mm-hmm. And then he got so much support from all of these like alt-right neo-Nazi bullshit dudes. And he's making good money <laughs> off of yeah. saying the things that these people want to hear. Yeah. And that's all he's really doing. And I feel like at this point, like, I don't think he believes half the shit that he's saying. Like, he knows it's bullshit, but he also knows that all they're looking for is somebody who has the the intellectual jargon and, like, the ability to put these ideas, package these ideas in a way that they can be, like, coded, kind of, so that they can be denied as being directly, like, just, oh, we don't, like trans people you know it's like oh well actually this is against biology and nature and you know what i mean like it's giving this sense of legitimacy to things where like the majority of people that actually believe those things are not educated or intellectually gifted in a way that they can give those messaging so they really do like make icons and idols out of these like few people that they can find that share their beliefs but also can like (laughs) eat you know what i mean like it pack yeah package it in a way to give them like plausible deniability to where like yeah and and, yeah on some level you're almost like just be honest and say like you think trans people are ooey right just 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 be honest and say that like you think black people are kind of scary. Like, just, you know, instead of trying to package it and all this, yeah, bullshit. Yeah, if, you, if this is, if these are your beliefs, then at least fucking, like, have the strength to stand in your convictions and, like, speak your fucking truth. Like, <laughs> it, it is, it's so wishy-washy. It's so, like, you can't even, like... You can't even respect it in that regard, let alone the actual ideals that they're espousing. But you can't even, like, respect their devotion to it in any way. They're not proud. They don't, like, yeah, it's all very, like, cloak and dagger and, like, codified language and 
dog whistle phrases and like like it's such yeah. bullshit and well, like yeah to have like like none of jordan peterson's supporters in my comments were like saying well actually you're wrong trans people shouldn't have rights they're they're just simply denying that jordan peterson is actually trying to marginalize or oppress trans you guys gotta cut me off like you guys <laughs> talk no you're fine no this is interesting (laughs) no and one and you were talking about like uh especially here in the states you know one thing i've noticed is that and i've made this point before but like the difference you know the fact that right-wing protests when a bunch of right-wingers get together and cops show up and like help them organize and like give them bottles of water and the police are like very nice and very helpful and then if you have any kind of leftist protest at all, for any reason, you know, Black Lives, we saw this with the Black Lives Matter protests and, and, and you know, any kind of leftist protest, the cops come out in riot gear, shooting tear gas, like beating the fuck out of people. And it's, I mean, the obvious conclusion there is that leftist protests challenge structures of power and, and leftist protests are actually a threat to the status quo. Whereas... Yeah right-leaning protests are really they're just there to maintain the status quo they're just agents of the oppressive status quo right which cops have no problem with that totally fine with that cops are in those groups right yeah they're they're also members of those groups yeah 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 (laughs) and and that's that's true here too like uh, i mean police everywhere like all they're doing is protecting the establishment right they're not necessarily serving and protecting the public that's not necessarily their number one priority or even a priority at all but it is going to be interesting to see what happens at the protest uh here wednesday night because i think that i think that the police are in a little bit of a precarious position because there's so much many more eyes actually critically watching police action these days because of things like that. And then also um, from the Canadian context, a number of years back, we had the G20 protests. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, yeah, left-wing protests. And there was mass arrests, mass um, detainment, mass brutalizing like it was really bad and and i and the repercussions of that that has like impacted the activist community here Mm -hmm. so severely like people are so afraid of the civil disobedience civil disruption because because it's so obvious that the 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 game is rigged like the, the it's all rigged against our side right like so it well there's one thing you mentioned and then we'll we'll, i want to dive into the movie here in a second but (laughs) one thing one thing you mentioned about jordan peterson is something i've seen with a lot of people where they say something kind of fucked up they say something kind of racist kind of misogynist whatever and then people are like hey that's kind of fucked up and you can go one of two at that point you have two paths before you right you can either say you know what you're right I've thought about this. I've learned. I've grown as a person. I've reflected on shit. I'm going to do better. Or you can say, no, fuck you. I'm not down with this politically correct, woke, 
social justice warrior culture. And then it's, it's, I think it's very easy and it's lazy and it's cowardly to lean to the right and say, you know what, you know who will accept me no matter what, as long as I'm being racist and misogynistic and not like, you know, Muslim or trans or anything else that's weird to them. Uh, but, but the thing is like, you can be very hateful and you know that the right will always accept you, uh-huh. right? For being hateful. And I think, and even like, I think Elon Musk is a good recent example of this because I have to think he probably had some foreknowledge that these sexual assault allegations were going to come out, right? Uh-huh. And, I, and I feel like he knew, well, you know what, if I lean a little bit more to the right, they don't have a problem with that. They'll accept me. They'll make excuses for me. And as long as I just like, you know, pledge allegiance to their flag and to their God and like talk shit about liberals, they don't care. They don't, a little sexual assault, they got no problem with that over on the right side, you know? Yeah. So. Absolutely. I don't know. Although like Jordan Peterson, so prior to his new sort of career, like he was, he was a professor in Toronto and he was known um, at a more local level as this kind of like prob- problematic right-wing like professor that there were the ones that loved him and the ones that were totally opposed to him. But yeah, it was just like, uh, you know, how it's unpredictable sometimes what things are going to end up viral or what's going to get the attention. But yeah, he had a video that got that attention and now it's like that's his new career is just going around and talking bullshit and making a fortune off of these people who will pay good money to go and listen to the bullshit they want to hear spoken to them <laughs> it's gonna be interesting too though because i'm like because everybody kind of the way that the events usually work although they've probably plan to do it differently but usually at this venue everybody would be lined up outside before the event Mm -hmm. um, along the sidewalk and um, it will be interesting because I'm predicting like a minimum of 90% male audience members (laughs) (laughs) all these lonely incel dudes and then like maybe a few women who are like these wives that are just like dragged along and like walking two steps behind their husband heads down right. kind of <laughs> <style>. <laughs> right no i saw man jordan peterson posted i think it was on twitter it was on so it was on some social media i think it was twitter but he was like he was like why are 90 percent of my followers men and only 10 percent are women <laughs> you know what's what what kind of weird things are going on with the and i'm like it's because you're a fucking misogynist, bro. Like, <laughs> right. It's, it's fairly obvious what's going on here. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of women who suffer from severe internalized misogyny, but not enough to give you like a balanced following when all you're talking about is how much women suck and need to be like kept in their place. Right. Yeah. They, yeah. They might listen to their husbands about you, but they're not going to follow you on Twitter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, so how are you doing brent let's let's check in with brent and see how he's been this yeah time. poor brent how you doing brent you guys are just a lot smarter than me <laughs> we just i think we just, I just jordan louder. peterson 
Brett, I think, See, no, I think you know what, Brett? I think you're the smart one. Oh, yeah, but mine's blue and yours is uh, black or gray. <laughs> it's black. like pen five. Can you pen five? You know, did you know like the lid of your pen? Do you know why it's got like the hole in it? No. no. Is it it's... for the suction to be able to get it off and on? That makes sense. So maybe it's actually for like if you if you're like chewing on your pen and then like you're an idiot and you swallow uh... it. So you can like, breathe through it. The air will still go through. Yeah. That makes sense. That's clever, huh. right? That makes if sense. you put the whole thing in your mouth, though, like, and swallow that, it, you die. It doesn't work out. Right. Only... Nine, are you sure? <laughs> you know, my uh, my uncle swallowed a nickel one time. Yeah? yeah. Oh, my goodness. It got stuck in and his he shit five pennies. <laughs> yeah, did he? <laughs> <laughs> it got changed. Can you break it? <laughs> or more money came out. Yeah, actually, with the it accrued interest in his, and it came out. It was a quarter. Yeah. It paid for his children's college. Great. Yeah, it came out thirty-five years later, and he was like, "Oh, my bowels have appreciated to such a such a degree." There's like old, there's like old Mickey Mantle rookie cards coming out. Suddenly, he's just like an amazing wealth. Of- <laughs> he's like, you've got to diversify your portfolio, and now he's got bitcoins coming out. You know, yeah, they're they're worth nothing. They're worth nothing today, but right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, Aubrey, you it, brought us. Oh, go ahead. I wanted to know: Had you guys watched this movie before preparing for this podcast, either of you? I had not. No. No. And had you seen The Strangers, the original Strangers, The Strangers? I had not. No. I I watched both movies for the first time in the past week. Oh, you watched both? Okay, cool. Yeah, I wanted to go back and watch the first one, so. I mean, you don't need to watch. Like, they're not sequels. They're just same concept, different. Is the one that we watched, did we watch number two? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's a story. so the no, there's two. There's just the strangers, which is Liv Tyler, and Some I don't dude. remember who the actor is, but he's <laughs> famous too. Okay. And that just takes place in like a, a cabin, like a cottage, and it's just the the couple, and then I think a brother or something. But like, and it's just one yeah. single yeah location. Yeah, and then his buddy Mike comes over for one scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Glenn Howard. This one was good. I like this movie because, and this isn't a hit. I'm not, I'm not, this isn't me making fun of it or anything. It, it, it's, it's very, it's a very simplistic idea. And yeah. They took that and then they made the best movie they could make out of a very simplistic idea. I, I really appreciate that. And it felt like the majority of the cheese, other than a lot of the horrible dialogue, but the majority of the cheese is like intentional. Yeah. Right. Like it's 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 part of the vibe, right? The the music and the like, and then certain like even just like the the constant like fog <laughs> throughout <laughs> the trailer park. Like it's it's all about just like creating that like. 
specific vibe, which is what I'm always looking for in a horror movie. And it's why I tend to go for the slashers because to me, like, I just want that creepy, eerie, like, this could happen to anyone, this could happen to me, and this could actually happen in real life thing. So I tend to like human killers um, rather than mythical creatures. I mean, I enjoy the other stuff too, but I love slashers for that element and that just like Halloween feeling element. Yeah. Which setting was like really good. Like just the the dimly lit, uh, like empty trailer park that's creepy in and of itself, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, and it, it's so funny because like I wonder like why they even chose to go like so they're on their family and they're on a trip to visit a college or like a boarding school for the daughter they're, they're, they're dropping the, yeah they're dropping the daughter off at boarding school because they don't know they don't tell you what she's done no she's we don't find out what she's done i wanted to know she's done much except swear and like smoke a couple cigarettes like i i like Oh, and she wears a Ramones t-shirt. Oh, that's, yeah. that's the that's the that's the main violation. Yes, the Ramones it, shirt. It's, it's, it's a modern movie, yet they go to yeah. this trailer park to spend the night. Like, was not like a Holiday Inn just off the interstate? Because uh, it, because it's their it's their relatives that own or run the manage the trailer park, so they're stopping in yeah. to spend there because they're poor from all the money it costs to send their daughter to this boarding school but it must be done because she's smoking cigarettes and swearing so you never know what's gonna happen next she yeah probably got a couple d's on her report card yeah you know i, li- I like to imagine they told her like they went into a room and they were like they were like listen we have something to tell you hey ho let's go to boarding school we have to you gotta you're smoking cigarettes you're you gotta go we're kicking you out you gotta you can't live with us anymore that's right i have to say though like i mean this movie has christina Hendricks. yes like this movie has some fucking real quality in it even though it's not a like big budget like blockbuster yeah Christina Hendricks after fame, like not pre fame. Like yeah. this was after Mad Men, right? Yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. 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 And, um, and she's amazing. Like, mm-hmm. even with the like terribly written dialogue amongst <laughs> the family, all the cheesy dialogue, like she still does a really good job. And the scene where she's being killed while her daughter watches and she's urging her daughter to run. I thought that was like some of the best acting in the movie. Like that scene actually felt kind of like you actually can put yourself in that position or like feel that. Like I felt empathy, and I never feel that when I watch horror movies. Like I'm like, Like, I know the daughter like sees the mom die. They they, and they Drew Barrymore to her right from Scream. Yeah, like she's the first to go. Oh yeah, you know, they yeah, she got killed really early. By design. I mean, that's probably yeah. all they could afford to pay her, right? Like, yeah. you can't pay her yeah. to do the whole movie, right? Yeah, well, she made a much better final girl than the daughter. But <laughs> I mean, the daughter kind of redeems herself later. Like the pool scene, obviously epic. Yeah, had to happen. Amazing. <laughs> so she she has some redemption in my eyes 
Like I stopped actively rooting for her to be killed. <laughs> you just hated that Ramones T-shirt. Okay, I'm remembering you now from when we did Army of the Dead. You were like, you were like brutally like. When it was the Teen Daughter again, but you know what? Oh, that's it's right. Not, that's right. Not that I have something against teenage girls. It's that right. Hollywood has something against writing good teenage girl characters that you don't want to fucking stab in the eye. Right. Yeah, that's true. That makes sense. I blame the men trying to write dialogue for teenage girls. They yeah. can't fucking pull it off. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Well, and so for everybody listening, we Aubrey was in one of our earliest episodes. We talked about Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. And then uh, tonight we're talking about uh, 2018's The Strangers Pray at Night, which is the sequel to The Strangers. Um, yes. <laughs> and isn't like the the sequel or the other movie is like another play on words of prey? Isn't there? Oh, it's just called The Strangers. So yes, I don't know. I think there's another sequel then. Is there? Yeah, I think it's like Prey in the Dark or something silly like that. It's there's <laughs> really? something else wrong. Yeah, but the the, the, the subtitle is I'm that sure we absolutely horrible but i definitely need to watch it you know i hope it's like the strangers three thoughts and pray yours yeah okay, i would be so down for that though yeah right. <laughs> um, right. i don't know but i like i like pray how this mo- the teenage girl dies early. but i think that this sort of like the commonality or like what the whole thing with the movie is, and it was the same for The Strangers, is that it's about the idea, the chilling concept of of not having an understandable motive behind the killings. There's no personal connection. There's nothing revealed that we find out this was the reason they wanted these people. There's zero connection. It's the strangers and it's literally just people who are killing for the sake of killing and when something is that sociopathic like what's more horrifying than something like that where it's just like I want to take away your life for my own amusement and entertainment Yeah, I want to spend my time (laughs) and it did seem like they are randomly killing people but it's like they fixate on some people, and then it's like do or die. Right. Yeah. Die, kill, trying to kill you. I think in the first, in the strangers, that when she says why to the killer, one of the killers at the end, she says something like because you were home. Yeah. So like it's just basically the idea like we knocked on many doors, you're the one that answered kind of deal. <laughs> like it's because in this one, this of it. It's not like we saw you and, like, you looked like a good, like, oh, that's the kind of target I want. Like, literally, it's the randomness of, like, oh, you happen to answer the yeah. door. And then I think in this, in The Strangers Pray at Night, the the doll face killer, her response to why was, why not? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Same idea. It's just, like, reasonless killing motiveless yeah. killing which is i don't know to me that's just a super fun concept <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and and i was i was reading a little bit about how um 
yeah, this kind of like senseless random killing is kind of the most, uh, you know, some of the most frightening stuff because you didn't do anything to ask for it or deserve it. But it was talking about how like when the first wave of slashers came, like John Carpenter's Halloween, you know, in the 70s and in the 80s, a lot of that was in the wake of especially the Manson family, like the Sharon, the Tate killings. Um, but, but in, uh, but also like serial killers, they seem to, if there weren't more of them, then they at least got a lot more coverage. Like it was a bigger deal in the news, you know, serial killers. And, but there was more, there was, than there are now. And I think part of it is because of just the simple advancements in DNA tech evidence and technology mm-hmm. that we've had since then is that you can't get away with serial murders. Like you do one and you're getting and you get caught. caught more quickly <laughs> than like you can just go on killing sprees for years before anybody figures out it's you kind of deal. Yeah. So, yeah. so there was that. And then just also um, the culture at the time had the, like the hippie, culture of the period really like a lot of hitchhiking like those things were like normal things whereas now we have so much awareness that we're not like well we are jumping in strangers cars for ubers and shit (laughs) right but you but you like but you won't even like even let your kids play outside for any amount of time like let alone let let alone like let them ride bikes all day be gone all day you know but yeah there were more there were definitely more yeah, yeah so there were more and then so that kind of kicked off the first round of slasher movies but i don't think it was intentional with john carpenter's halloween but subsequent slasher movies especially in the 80s they kind of tied morality to who got killed so especially like friday the 13th those kind of movies it was the characters who indulged in like sex and drugs and things like that like they were the ones to get killed almost as if they were like, trying to they were like trying to rationalize it and like yeah, it's random and scary, but they also kind of deserved it, right? Right, and, and the virgin lives, so if you stay a virgin, you right. don't have to worry about this happening. Right, and I think the yeah. the newer wave of slashers, and especially I think The Strangers, the first movie especially does this well, where, again, it, it, it kind of talked about 9-11 as a catalyst for, like, random acts of violence, you know, and, and uh, but The Strangers, there's not even any morality, like, Liv Tyler's character, the guy, they don't do anything wrong. They don't do anything to deserve it. It's completely random. And uh, and I think that's even more chilling, you know, than, than if there were any kind of, like, perceived justification in them deserving it, you know? Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I think the original Scream was such a, a revolutionizing movie for the genre because it was self-aware with those tropes like mm. it had i don't know how familiar you are with the original scream oh, or yeah. how I love scream. you've watched love scream. it oh yeah but, um yeah because it, it like actively discussed those concepts in the movie scream they had that character who was like the movie buff and worked at the movie store and he was like explaining to the other characters that like it, when you leave the room, you you never say I'll be back. Right. Then the next one killed, and like if you're drinking, you're gonna get killed. If you're having sex, you're gonna get killed. And like the whole time, it's the party of like teenage kids, and every time he says like you can't drink, and they're like yeah, holding up their beers, and like, you know, like. <laughs> and I loved how it was self-aware about <clears throat> that concept, and I think that that kind of shift away from that in future 
slash that, that character that character has my favorite meta joke of any movie and it's, yeah. it's like as the party's dying down he's on the couch watching the movie with J- with halloween with jamie lee curtis mm-hmm. and yeah. he's saying don't turn around jamie don't and it's yeah. jamie kennedy jamie kennedy yeah Jamie Kennedy is the one playing the character. And it's funny because his character isn't named Jamie in the movie, but it is, yeah, it's funny that he's he's talking to Jamie Lee Curtis. What a cool idea. Yeah. 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 Someone else like patted themselves on the back. It was was Kevin Williamson, the writer of that movie. Yeah. 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 I saw um, Jamie Kennedy did like an. whatever the ask me anything type of threads on uh on reddit at one point in like the scream subreddit or i don't know i think that i follow a bunch of like horror movie and <laughs> stuff type things on, right. on reddit but yeah i saw he did like a a whole thing like an ama ask me anything thing on there and like he's all of the people who are like real devotee fans of the Scream franchise, like he's universe, like that character was universally loved. Everybody oh, was yeah. so sad when the character died in the next movie because he couldn't carry on to the other sequels. And yeah, like he, everybody loves that character. Yeah. You know who you kind of sound like, Aubrey? You kind of have a Drew Barrymore ish voice. You know what? I, I think I have that. a little bit of like the lispy kind of thing that she does. Like I think that my mouth moves the way that hers does. <laughs> I think it's I've so noticed good. that myself actually. It's cool. <laughs> I've never met anyone who ran, who actually sounds. Yeah, that's cool. That's a good voice. That's a good voice. <laughs> it's weird though too because I don't always talk exactly like that, but I think that when I'm talking a lot like the more i talk the more it like comes out so like right. doing things like this where i'm just talking it just yeah it gets <laughs> see we're, we're we're just gonna keep inviting you on the show until you turn into drew barrymore right and then <laughs> you'll have your own talk show like yeah i'm gonna I dress up as et drew barrymore drew barrymore yeah. seems pretty damn happy she's a she's a neat one yeah she's all yeah she's awesome I feel like everybody loves her. Like nobody hates Drew Barrymore. She's just the worst it. childhood ever, probably. Yeah. Uh, I heard like, her talking about. I heard her on a podcast just the other day. Um, Mike Berbiglia's podcast. No, anyway. Um, I think it might have been that guy. Um, but she was talking about going to rehab at like nine nine years old. Like she was yeah. going like Studio Fifty Four, like around that time. Yeah. I know, it's because she, her grandfather is, uh... A Barrymore? I forget the name, John Barrymore. Yeah, who's a Hollywood, uh... Famous Royalty, basically, from the Golden Age, and, like, yeah, so I think that not even just being the child actor, but even just that scene that she grew up in with the Hollywood partying that was happening around her in her home and stuff, yeah quite an interesting life that she's lived and yeah yeah and turned around for herself too like she's sober and happy and i saw i saw a documentary am i lagging a bunch not for me no okay cool i mean Corey completely disappeared but you're not like surprise motherfuckers i called you out so you couldn't even get away with it you summoned me (laughs) i saw a documentary last week about Polly shore 
Okay. You're the actor. I love that guy. He's not problematic. Did you learn anything horrible? Because I love him. No, but he grew up. Um, it's, it's it's not very known, but like his parents owned own the own their dad. They own owned the Comedy Store, a famous oh, uh, right. comedy club in Los Angeles. No way. And so Polly Shore grew up around famous comedians. Sam Kinison and Richard Pryor babysat him regularly. Oh wow. Yeah, and um, and so he was. What was it that you saw this? What was it? It's on YouTube for free. Um, oh damn it! It's just about. It was so fascinating because he's famous, but he's <laughs> not like sellout arena famous, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So like it's showing him going to these different stores or on um, stores, uh, comedy clubs in rural America kind of places, and he goes into the into the room and he he has a clicker. You know, what I'm talking about like a counter. Yeah. It's like a, a silver metal yeah, yeah. counter thing, and he's yeah. counting all the seats. And it makes it sound kind of silly at first because you're like, oh, is he like a money grubbing like dude? But like, no, like he's just like taking control of his finances. In fact, in the scene, the manager of the comedy store or comedy club goes, oh, I forgot to count these like uh, high tables over here. And he's counting because he gets all the money from them, too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was like it was a cool. It's cool to see him like behind the scenes, like as a normal person. Yeah. Cool. I, but you could easily YouTube search it. I think that. Like, I'm not sure even if, like, yeah, people in, like, the younger generations would even know who the fuck he is, right? Like, it was really, like, our, like, teenage years that he was yeah, doing, in like, 90s, Encino yeah. Man and those movies. I recently yeah. rewatched Encino Man, like, maybe a year ago with my kids, so I wanted to show them. And I was a little worried. I was like, is this going to be terrible? And I'm like, of course, like any movie, even movies made today, there are parts where I'm like, okay, that's a dumb offensive trope or whatever. But like that movie holds up, man. That movie is so fucking good. So funny. (laughs) And like, it just has the best quote. Buddy and like all (laughs) that shit. And like, Oh man, and also like Brendan Fraser right. as the cave dude. Like, come on, Brendan Fraser's a treasure too. <laughs> well, oh, you that know, movie's so good. If, if if you haven't watched yeah. this with your kid, one movie my kids loved, and we and we like quote it all the time. And there's actually it's two movies, and there's in each movie there's one F slur for a gay person. So there's yeah. there's one part where you're like, ah, goddammit, why does that have to be in there? But Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bill and Ted's yeah. Bogus Journey. Those are yeah. my kids love those movies. They're so funny and they hold up for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I haven't like I don't even barely remember those. I wouldn't mind a rewatch to refresh my own memory. But yeah, also a crossover kids. in Bill and Ted if they brought back <laughs> Brendan Fraser as Encino as the Encino Man. That'd be funny. Oh my God, that that would have been a good crossover. Yeah. <laughs> Because he's in, isn't he? No, wait. He's in. There's another Pauly Shore movie where the Encino Brendan Fraser has a cameo in as the Encino Man. Oh, really? What is that? Is it Biodome? Is he? Does he show up in Biodome? Or is it? Is it? Uh, it might be. What but else? It was like after Encino Man, and then he's like in this other movie, and then Brendan Fraser like is in character as the Encino Man. I forget what they call him in that movie. What do they call him? I don't remember. Uh, it doesn't. Link? Link. Link. Yes. Oh, Link that's right. Yeah. Link. Linkage. 
Yeah. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite bad guy from a movie is the bad guy in Encino Man because he's such an asshole. Uh, I forget his name, but like, remember they're at the they're at the the skating rink, this ice skating rink, arcade slash thing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, I don't, yeah. I don't like you. As of now, I am all over you. <laughs> it's the easiest, easiest line. I know it's the best. <laughs> oh man! All right, well, a couple. There were a couple things I I, I just want to yeah. touch on in in the strangers pray at night, just because I loved them so much. <laughs> the the opening where they kill the aunt and the uncle. There there were a couple <gasps> things. First off, they lure the aunt out and they kill her. Right. And then they go yeah. in and, and they're like petting the dog. And I'm like, that that's a total fail on that dog. A dog has one job. You don't let your master get lured out to be murdered? Like, that's that's a, a worthless but dog. you're getting good scratches. Like, I don't know. Maybe dogs are probably supposed to be more loyal. But, like, I feel like if somebody came in to kill me and they just scratched my cat on the right spot above his ass, he would... Let them do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, well, see, yeah, I feel, I just feel like, yeah, cats, cats are more treacherous. Scene, though, is when the guy just gets in bed behind the uncle and, like, spoons him. Like, yeah. almost, like, to make him feel like his wife has just gotten into bed with him. Like, yeah. that, like. I was going to mention yeah, that, yeah. That, that was, was fucked good. up. <laughs> and then, and then there's the scene where they're, like, driving to the boarding school. They're on their way. They stop at that little diner. And the girl calls the boy something and the boy calls her a queef. Now here's the dad, oh, yeah, the no. dad, the dad. What's a queef? What's a queef? The one person who should know in the car. Like, come on, you don't know what a fucking queef is. I made a note of that right. on my notepad. Right. I'm not kidding you. Hang on. Right. I was like, it's toy. What queef? Yeah, I was like, it's 2018. Like, what adult person? Like, wh- who doesn't know what queef means by now? You know. Even the mom, even the mom is like, with her body language, she totally knows what it is. Yeah, and she yeah. like, like taps yeah. him like he's an idiot, and she's like, I'm gonna show you later. Yeah. <laughs> you want to? You want to hear the trailer queef? I'll give you one of those. <laughs> Right. She's like, yeah, she's like, we're going to switch it up from missionary position for the first time, apparently ever, I guess. So, but, uh, but then, then there's the part where, well, the, the, the line, she uses it in both movies where she says, is Tamara home? When she knocks on the door, she's like, is, yeah. is Tamara home? Cool. And was it the same name in both movies? Same name. It was. It was. Well, I wonder trying to make us think it's the same I, some of the same killers you know i i think it's the same i think it's supposed to be the same killers and then interestingly enough after the first movie the strangers the girl who played dollface she's a model jim award um she was one of the mermaids in pirates of the caribbean on stranger tides and the name of the mermaid in that movie is tamara right so, so that yeah, they named her Tamara in that Pirates of the Caribbean movie on Stranger Tides. I I, I think kind of as a as a you know a, a recognition of what she had done before. Right. I thought that was interesting. That was cool. That's neat. Yeah, yeah I didn't realize that. Um, I think my favorite part was when the when the dad and the kid number one like 
the kid with the the, the son find and, and the daughter find the dead people in the and like they just walk into an open trailer right and there's dead people there and then they rush back home and then i don't think i'd ever do this as a parent like ask my son like, okay go show me where you saw people murdered <laughs> right you know, like in the middle of the night like are they still there yeah and it's like reaching their own yeah. demise like fast forward like the dad is on his on his like last breath and the dad just, is just like go and you know what the son <laughs> does he just pieces out like super quick he's just like okay bye like, he leaves yeah <laughs> yeah there there were a lot of questionable decisions in this movie yeah i mean at that point if if your dad's impaled and you're like i don't know because you're in that situation you're going to be panicking but his dad's obviously in a bad spot he's not going to make it and you've got your little sister out there by herself i could i could see being like look my dad this this guy's dead he's not going to make it uh but my sister's out there somewhere i need to go it's like it's the like i feel like in reality for most people especially a teenage kid who hasn't probably lived through a lot of emergency situations where you have to keep a cool head and think your way logically through them like i think that your instinct is that you're not going to give up you're going to be in denial that this person is going to die that's true too hard for you to accept that concept and then that's why so often even when somebody's died you see them like clutching the body and like no or like come back you know like it's yeah. like there's this denial of it and you see that in the scene with the mom and the daughter like the mom is saying go it's clear the mom is fucked she's got the killer holding her knife into her like there's no where for her to go she's fucked and right. she's telling her daughter to run <laughs> And I'm sure her daughter realizes her mom is fucked, but like she can't just go. Like there's that hesitancy because how do you leave the person you love that much to just be killed? Even if you know logically that you're helpless to do anything, to be able to just go, you're going to have a little more hesitation. (laughs) But yeah, I didn't think that that the fucking writers made the brother and sister refer to like, you do not no no boy is calling his sister sis no. except in stepbro porn. Like yeah. that's the only time you hear it, and the reason is that they're reinforcing the incest concept because that's the whole concept of the porn, right? That's the fetish of it. That's the like whatever naughty taboo part. Right. So they're constantly reinforcing that for the guy watching it jerking off so he can be like, yes, that's his sister. Yes, that's his stepsister. That's his stepsister or whatever. Hey, stepsis. But then, so it was so jarring to see that in like a non-porn movie where like it wasn't even once. It was like the whole thing. Like, yeah. sis, sis, like no, nobody's calling their sister sis like that in real life. It's That's not true. Yeah. yeah. So it's almost as though there'd be like porn for like people who want to have sex with ghosts or something. <laughs> and then like, but like you'd have to then be like, like, like remind the audience that like, yo, it's still a ghost. It's a ghost. <laughs> well, see, and now I think like with, with people like the, the fear 
of being attracted to a trans person. I think we're going to start to see a genre for people like Jordan Peterson where they have to remind themselves that the per- person they're with are cisgendered, right? So they're going to be like, oh, are we going to – let's go, sis. Come on. You know, let's go. Let's go do this, sis. sis. Yeah. <laughs> like, just got to make sure – I just got to reinforce that you're cisgendered, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's so hard like a biological woman. <laughs> You identify with the gender you're born with. <laughs> you can't uh. vagina since birth. <laughs> <laughs> it just really turns me on. Uh. How this vagina's been here the whole time you've been alive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we're going to start seeing a lot more of that. Yeah. <laughs> like, we established it and we got it. But it was like they had to reinforce that for us through the whole movie with the Sith Bro thing. And I was just like, Right. Just in case you forgot. Calling me out. But is it because there wasn't like any soundtrack is so good. We have to give credit where credit is due. And the soundtrack is perfection. Like, and yeah. the scoring through the whole movie is done really well, I thought. But like, I agree. The bright eyes in the pool scene. Yeah. <laughs> unbelievable. Even the opening scene of the movie where it's just like the car with the killers and then you hear the song on the radio. Or you're hearing the song on the radio, but then it cuts to the car and it's like silent and just the car in the fog and you can't see who's in it. Mm-hmm. And then back to the song and the other stuff's going on and then cuts to the, like, I thought that was really well done too. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good choice too. It was like campy music as well, you know, almost like yeah, we're the yeah. kids in America, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, was yeah like kids in America. Is that yeah, right? it was that the right like eighties, nineties. Yeah, kids in America. It's also on like the Clueless soundtrack. That song. Mm. We're the kids in America. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was a different version in this movie. But yeah, that was the song, and then Bright Eyes for the pool scene, which was obviously. One of the most amazing scenes in cinematic history, right? Yeah, that was, that was good. Yeah, yeah. In terms of like, yeah, killing movies, I thought it was like such a good like pinnacle scene. Yeah, well, for people like myself who have like what like watched all of the slasher and um, killer type movies from yeah. all time like where you just feel that like i feel like they they really took like that vibe and that feeling that you get at the really good moments in most killer movies uh-huh. but it's only in those moments and they just made the whole movie that vibe moment and like they started the killing early and then the whole movie is there wasn't a lot of build up anything yeah that's true there's always that that moment like in these kinds of movies where the the family or whoever's being like horrifically murdered you know where they turn it around on the killers like Uh i was waiting for that and it really it kind of happened but it it happened very quickly like you know like where like they they understand like okay i can i can win 
but I need to strategize and create these like situations where I'm, we're going to kill them. Right. But like, it really was just sort of like opportunistic that the girl is in the, the police car and there's just like a dope shotgun. Yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's and and, a great scene when she turns <laughs> it around on her. Yeah. Well, and I, I thought that was great. And I thought that, the scene in the pool is great because he got like the brother goes into the pool and then it all lights up, right? Yeah, and, and, and the then, music comes out. Yeah, and then the glamour girl comes out and he immediately clocks her and stabs her to death. And I almost thought it was going to be his sister. Like they duct taped her mouth up <laughs> and like pushed oh, her that forward. That would have been so good. That's a good idea, Corey. I thought. I thought that's Why what. Did was... you make this movie? <laughs> no. That's the movie I want. To... I love this movie, but that's how you make it better. Yeah. And we get rid of the most annoying character. <laughs> get rid of the teenage girl. Yeah. Somebody else to survive. <laughs> well, yeah. And I, and, yeah. and so I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the... Uh, and then when he fights the guy, the guy swinging with the axe and they fight in the pool. I thought that was well done. It was it was, it was was realistic. I thought that, that that's kind of how that would go. But the first movie was so... They felt a lot more isolated because they were basically trapped in the house. And then from the very beginning, it feels a lot more bleak because their relationship is shattered, right? He's proposed to her and she said no. So like their their entire world is shattered going into the movie, right? And they're just like in formal clothing still like like having this like and it wasn't even just like it's not like a passionate fight. It's like that moment where you just kind of accept that like this is the beginning of the end for the two of you and you have that like sadness of like these feelings are still here between us but this is not going to work and we're not going to have the happy ever after like that is like such a relatable horrible depressing feeling yeah yeah so i thought yeah so that so and so that's a lot more bleak and a lot more isolating than a daughter going to boarding school. So I, I, I feel like just off the bat, the tone was a lot darker. And then yeah. there's a good point, like, and the house that they're in, for whatever reason, feels more isolated and cut off than this trailer park yeah. does in the second movie. Right. And there's there are large stretches of time where Liv Tyler is just by herself, right? And it's just yeah. her, and you don't, and it's her by herself. She doesn't have anyone to talk to. You don't even really see the killers like they're fucking with her, but you don't, maybe you see them in the the background, but you don't really even see what the killers are doing. So I felt like a lot of that tension, like, and the the first one disturbed me in a way the second one doesn't because it's so, it's so bleak and it's so mean spirited. Um, And I liked a lot of what the second one did, but the fact that there were more characters, they interacted more often you saw the killers more and and just the family dyna- dynamic with the kids. At the very beginning, I was like, this feels a lot more safe than the first movie because I feel like they're not going to kill these kids, right? Okay. And then as the movie went on, during, and especially... Oh, they would, though. <laughs> I kind of, like, I, on one hand, I was like, I hope they don't kill these kids. But on the other hand, I was like, no, if you're going to stay in line with the first movie you have to kill these kids it has to be a hope it has to be a hopeless situation that you can't fight your way out of there's because that was the reality of the first movie was the ending of the first movie was 
so like drawn out too like yeah. it was only torture like it's one thing to just watch someone get hacked to death but it was them sitting there n- tied to these chairs like just about to be executed in front of one another not knowing who's about to die like that was drawn out like that was a brutal heavy like, yeah yeah it was that's intense the concept of the strangers was also kind of groundbreaking whereas this as being just the sequel it was like okay now let's just really have fun with this it's yeah. an even better setting for this concept <laughs> oh let's do a trailer park you know like yeah I felt like it was a lot more fun and a lot more of the like fun where you can like, sure, you can cheer for the good guys or you can just cheer along with the killers as they go and they're like, <laughs> like more of that like fun, campy vibe. Whereas the first one is just like disturbing sociopathy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The first, yeah, first one's definitely more disturbing in that way, but, but, but so. Fun sociopathy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is because because like I was I was like this feels a lot more safe, and then at yeah. about about the time of the pool scene, I was like, oh wait, maybe they're actually going to kill the daughter, and then they don't, yeah. and then I'm like, yeah. oh, the boy just got killed, and then he doesn't actually end up getting murdered, but then at the very end where she like blows up the truck and it's on fire, and then like and then the he's like driving after her with like the truck is in flames, and she's I was like, okay, what the fuck is going on here like this is right <laughs> it's so ridiculous i love it so much yeah <laughs> i love it so much and there are people it. online that said that this is a paranormal aspect of it that they're the same killers from the first uh, movie because they can uh, like survive that shit survive all of that shit yeah well, and that's what, and I was expecting him to like run her over with the truck and I was like yeah this is gonna have a bleak ending like the first one uh but then Oh, and then he gets out of the truck and then just collapses in front of her. Oh, but then, wait, but then he comes back again because she's she finds wow, that. Yeah, and then he, like, shows up again and she has to club him in the head in the back of that pickup truck. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that, that was key because there's two points, too. It's that whole concept that just is in, like, every horror movie where it's, like, they can't just die the first time you yeah. kill you gotta like have it, like all of a sudden jump back to life and do this jump scare. You know what I mean? Like that happens, and that happened with the doll face and the the daughter, right? When the daughter, it looks like the daughter killed the doll face chick at the fence before the pool scene, but then she's like comes back and attacks them. So mm-hmm. yeah, well, and, then, and there was a there's a there's a weird thing about casting. Like at the very beginning of this movie. You see the parents, and you kind of see them from a, dif- a distance. And I was like, "Is that Christina Hendricks?" And then I was like, "Wait, is that Bill Pullman?" And I was like, "Oh no, that's like..." Well, and I was like, "I was like, oh no, that's like the the dollar store version of of." Yeah. And then I was like, I looked it up. I was like, "Oh no, that is actually Christina Hendricks." But then the guy, yeah. he's just some random actor named Martin Henderson, right? But right. but then here's the odd part: the son is an actor named Lewis Pullman and he is the son of Bill Pullman. So like, really? yeah. So I thought for whatever reason, I thought the dad, I was like, is that Bill Pullman? No, it's not Bill Pullman, but the so son- would it almost make sense that they were casting his father as somebody that would look like Bill Pullman. Cause that's what his real life 
father looks like. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's actually Bull Pullman's son, which I thought was interesting. That is interesting. I don't think I've seen the son in anything else, or at least nothing that I remember recall no the he, he's he's in the new top gun movie um which i haven't i haven't seen yet <laughs> no <laughs> and then apparently he's going to be in an adaptation of stephen king's uh salem's lot which comes out later this year but uh, uh, uh interesting yeah but so yeah. the the girl the daughter though the daughter looked familiar and once i looked it up her name's bailey madison she, I, she's been in, she's been in other stuff, but I recognize her from an Adam Sandler movie called just go with it with Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. She, she play, she plays his like intelligent, precocious daughter in that movie. Right. And that, that's okay. where I, it took me a minute, but that's where I know her from. That's probably where I know her from too then. Yeah. All right, well, but was there any other part of this movie you guys want to talk about? Anything you want to discuss before we get into headcanons here? Uh, I saw a grown woman wear a bib today. <laughs> what? Where? I have a coworker, and she makes all these, like, cool things for, like, her... It, um, you would think she'd have, like, an Itsy site or something, but she doesn't. Okay. Like, she, she crochets all these cool things and knits things, and, like, wears these, like, cool hats... Like, and, and she got me into, like, getting, like, uh, eyeglasses. Like, uh, you know, like, getting cheap eyeglasses that are cool, that I think are cool, you know? And anyway, I'm, I'm in the break room today, like, heating up my my, my enchiladas in the microwave. And, <laughs> and and she pulls out what I thought was, like, a placemat. It's like a stylish <laughs> placemat. It, like, looked nice, cool pattern. And then she takes the placemat, and she puts it around her neck. And she sits down to eat her, like, lettuce wraps. That she's made with like prosciutto and lettuce and whatever <laughs> cheese. That's it a so smart, though. You know, like, like I'm cool. laughing at the idea of an adult wearing a bib, but then I <laughs> think about the fact that I'm also often just walking around with my food on my clothing, like, which That's is true. more ridiculous. That's true. Probably the person walking around covered in food because they can't, like, feed That's what I told her. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, that's a really smart idea. I was like, you need to make it so that, I remember my kids, when they were babies, we'd have them with, like, the lip. The scoop, yeah. 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 Well, that's what boobs are for. Like, <laughs> like nothing that's ever. Not is only yeah. <laughs> I love those things. Yeah, this was like. Well, see, what you got to do, what, what you got to do with those, like, those bibs with the lip. Um, or you can even, you can do it in boobs too, but you got to put, you put a tortilla in there, right? So that any food, yeah, any food, oh, that, any food that falls in there, you just wrap it up and eat it. Yeah. And you have to constantly remind the viewer that like, oh, this is, this is going to make a really good, good burrito later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay, let's go wrap. Mm, this is, oh, this is going to be a good wrap. Yeah. 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 We're going to make something for later, right? Yeah. yeah it's, I actually, I'm, I'm thinking about the amount of wasted food that I don't get to eat because it doesn't make it into my mouth <laughs> from the plate. And like, yeah, wow. I need to, I need to start wearing a bib and I need to have that tortilla, tortilla collection of food. That's a good well, idea. Like, yeah. Yeah. If I was a lady, I think I would topless that the, the, the natural, the natural catch for it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. 
just have a salad for later. <laughs> like a glob of cold sour cream hits your nipple. <laughs> oh, that'll wake you up. <laughs> I'm having coleslaw for breakfast again. <laughs> like hot, battering foods. <laughs> that's not, that, that sounds terrible. Oh, <laughs> well, burn marks on your chest. Aubrey. Oh, was it a chilly night? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that a is that a moment? Wait, Corey, you can go back and you can edit. I'll that edit. Out. I'll Let's edit. See. Oh, did yeah. I you you, you used your real name. <laughs> That's okay. I'll I'll edit it out. I'll cut. I'll I'll I'll, I'll cut myself saying your name in there. So we'll cover it. <laughs> that's hilarious. I love how I can't even remember. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> this is me though, like on Twitter every day. Like I have so many times where I start to write a tweet where I refer to myself by my own real name. I don't know why. I like talking to myself in third person. I think so. I'm just like, but I, yeah, I almost dox myself on a regular basis or have to like go back and delete things. I'm like, wait a minute. Right. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't be two names. It's hard. But I mean, it's funny because like with Aubrey, like to me, that is as much a real name of mine. Like I honestly feel like I just have two names and even just pesky. I get mm-hmm. called pesky a lot because of my Twitter handle being pesky. That sounds Aubrey. like a real name. Like, I get called pesky so much that, like, I, I, I think of it as something that I answer to, and the word itself has almost lost the actual meaning. Like, yeah. to me, it's just a, a descriptor of me, and I forget that it's this, like, insult. Is, is there a story behind Aubrey? Um, well, podcast, yeah. Obviously, but. Um, yeah, so it's not the only name I've ever used for sex work. Like, I had previous versions when I worked um in the like brothel type setting but when I went independent I needed I wanted something that was new and um Aubrey actually was something that I had been told as a child was something my mom had considered naming me Mm. um I spell it A-U-B-R-I-E which is obviously not the correct spelling like the traditional spelling of Aubrey would be E-Y um that was because I liked it when my mom told me about it as a kid, but I didn't even know how to spell it. And that's how I assumed it was spelled. And then as like teenagers, my friends and I all had aliases for when we were going out, partying, meeting new people, things like that. We didn't want to give out our real info. Mm -hmm. Um, So we used aliases and we had like the same ones that were our go-to so that we knew how to refer to each other by name. There wouldn't be slip ups, but some of them were ridiculous and some of them actually sounded real. So mine was Aubrey Dawson. That was my teenage alias. <laughs> and um, now Aubrey is just my alias. But um, Wait, some of them. Was were- a weird one. What was a weird one that your friends had? Hoover Toppingdale. Wait, what? Hoover Toppingdale. Hoover Toppingdale. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then there was Hoover Toppingdale, Phoebe Remington, Tracy Johnstone. There was one other really ridiculous one, and I'm trying to remember what it was. It was like. <laughs> Oh, Winterfred Caulfield. Winter <laughs> Winterfred? No, meet a lot of teenage girls named Winterford or Hoover, but yeah. um yeah. yeah. There was the yeah. one guy who got to hook up with a girl with a monocle. 
Oh, oh, with the Fred Hoover. <laughs> yeah, so I kept the wrong spelling. Right. Please keep saying, yeah, the guy's like, please keep saying nobody your own else spells it that way. So I figured it's easy because, like, there's going to be other hookers named Aubrey, but I'm probably the only one that spells it this way. So I mm. get to be kind of like, you know, like the share thing or whatever, like the one name, and it's still... Right. distinguishable yeah. from the others right yeah um so that's that's where that came from and yeah now it's like i've been using that name for my work for years and then um as my twitter grew and then as i started having crossover between clientele and things like that and had to stay a little more anonymous uh out on the timeline i yeah i've, I've become so accustomed to being called aubrey that it honestly does feel as real to me as my real name it's just like my other name (laughs) next week we're talking about the bad movie cult classic 1990s troll 2 which is an incredibly fun movie i recommend checking that out and as always you can check us out on social media on facebook at danger explosion presents headcanon on instagram at headcanon pod on twitter at horror movie pod and you can always follow the subreddit r slash horror movie pod. Well, before we uh, close up here, do you guys, do you have a headcanon? Do either of you want to go first? Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yo, you're fine. You're fine. You go ahead, Pat. Brent, do you have one? Yeah. Dollface reveals, reveals themselves just after getting shot, okay? Okay. The mask comes off and it's revealing that it's Jordan Peterson. <laughs> he says he says where where were you going for your college visit? And then she tells him and he says I have a talk there tomorrow. And she says, "Well, that's a big piss off." And then blows him away. <laughs> well, that, Take my money. Take my money. That's good. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's great. <laughs> All right. Well, Aubrey, do you have one or do you want me to go? Yeah, I would like one of the killers to take off the mask and it's Christina Hendricks. And she just really was sick of her fucking annoying kids. It was like boarding school time. I'm going <laughs> to take you to my relative's empty trailer park and have you hunted down and killed like prey. Oh, boarding school time? <laughs> that is so freaking cool. That's so twisted. You know what the worst part of that is? My son is at boarding school right now. <laughs> Wait, are, so not punitive. <laughs> it's hockey prep school in another province. I kind of, I kind of feel like, like literally he's boarding there. So I'm talking about this, and I'm saying boarding school time, but my son really went to boarding school and is at. He's in the hockey prep school. Yeah, I mean, a Canadian man. That's so Canadian, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. Well, I don't have any context. You have to let us know. What the hell does that even mean? So he's it doing... Like so it's, it, no, it's like a... It's a high school, and it has its own um, hockey team that competes, like, in the competitive hockey, like, triple I don't know if you guys have the same divisions. Um, mm, yes. For, yeah, I'm like, and stuff, yeah. So it's a high school, but it has its own um, team that travels and plays together. So, um, and people come, like, one of his roommates is 
from Germany playing because it, it gives you an opportunity to get picked up by the higher level leagues, like scouted, or it also can can open up doors to play at like post-secondary institutions, things like that, right? So, um, so yeah, there's people that come from all around. So yeah, he's got a roommate or he's got a friend that's from New York that he's actually got a trip planned to go visit in New York this summer. And uh, yeah, from, from Germany and but yeah, so he's there, he plays on the hockey team, he rooms there and he studies there. They've got like really good academic program and like, it's just, it's very like, it's a prep school. So it's giving you that like, mm-hmm. that's awesome. The foundation. That's awesome. Yeah, See, I'm, like, I'm... The high level of <laughs> hockey and they have like, you know, like all the nutrition and like the training and like all of it is like built in and um, like they have uh, an arena on the campus, mm-hmm. like a, a professional level or professional size arena. So they get to practice and have games on their campus. And yeah, yeah so he's in the middle of butt foot nowhere in uh, Saskatchewan, the whole prairie thing where like your dog can run away and you'll see him 10 days later on like just looking out because there's like it's just flat right like my son sent like video where like on the one weekend he's just like at his one school buddy's like family farm because it's a local kid and they're like like spending the weekend like with his buddy's family and they're just like ripping around on farm equipment and stuff as like recreation Mm because like what do you do when you live in the wheat fields of Saskatchewan (laughs) like it's and they they work on pretty hard like and if if they're like like they have like a dorm like dad guy who's like (laughs) ex-military and he's like if he doesn't like the way they've cleaned up or whatever he'll like wake them up at 5 a.m and make them go shovel snow and shit (laughs) like Oh wow! It's brutal. <laughs> it sounds like, like, it sucks. <laughs> I'm, just, like, I'm the most like lenient. Like I'm the mom that like does your laundry for you and packs your lunch and like <laughs> loves to give you food and loves to like take care of you and all of those things. And then he's like just living with this dad that's just like no nurture only authority (laughs) (laughs) never the carrot always the stick (laughs) oh my god (laughs) wax on wax off (laughs) (laughs) that's wild oh yeah but he'll be coming back soon because he'll be uh done for his summer break soon he's in like exams very shortly and then mid-june he'll be back for a while so Nice. Yeah, I'm excited. You could do some laundry. <laughs> yeah. He does his own. Oh my God, when he was here visiting on his spring break, I couldn't believe it. Like, he was out in the backyard and he's like playing, like, uh, with his lacrosse stick and his little lacrosse neck, like, just shooting and, like, entertaining himself. And I just had shouted out the window to him, like, hey, like, when you're done, can you make sure you put the net away and don't leave it out? And he said, okay. And I fully expected it to be like every other time I've asked my either child to do anything. Like you, you have to remind them 10 times. Right. right. Oh, yeah. But like, I just looked out the window later and it was like, 
perfectly put away and like lined as square and I was like you know this whole military dad thing is not like totally <laughs> off <laughs> I don't want to be like that to him I just want to love and nurture him right, somebody I'm else can like, is that guy married a little bit of discipline there <laughs> I was just like I've never asked like just once in my life for anything with that like, I was like oh my god he did it <laughs> Awesome. So maybe you're like the yin and the yang, you and this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like, luckily, like my son, so my son's doing his grade 11 and he'll also do grade 12 there. But for nine and 10, he was just at a local high school here. Yeah. Um, but when he started high school, uh, my son moved in with his dad, which is like a couple blocks from me. We're really close. But um, yeah. He moved in with his dad specifically to get into the high school district he wanted to attend. Mm -hmm. And then also, I think he just wanted some space from his sibling. Um, And both of my kids like come and go between my house and their dad's house, like at will too. But but he did move in with his dad. So he was there more than here for the, for the, for grade nine and 10. And I think that was helpful for transitioning him to this boarding school because had he gone from my house to there, it would have been like such a culture shock. He probably would have been like crying every night. Just like, why is this like guy so mean? Whereas like his dad's like, his dad's not mean. My ex isn't mean, but he's not me. (laughs) Which is like, I'm, I'm a hard ass to other people, but when it comes to my kids, like I am a little pile of love, and I'm like, <laughs> well, did your son get to like, go with any any friends? Did any other friends go to? No. no. Was he fully on board, or was he a little bit? This like... was his idea. This was really? us supporting his desires. It's uh, a very expensive. And <laughs> inconvenient idea like because you have the the tuition itself which is unbelievable it's basically how much money i make in a year just on his tuition right (laughs) which we're all sharing costs of but um but then it's also like flights and um all of the travel and um getting equipment back and forth like so many extra costs and then just like you know like they have a meal program but like just him like having like being able to get like a weekly order from walmart to have like you know snacks and whatever stock and things like that like like, player calories teenage boys who play hockey and train like all the time calorie yeah it's like not yeah, three. he just turned 17 at the end of April, so I'm like, yeah. I'm almost officially, like, a parent to an adult, and I don't know how the fuck that happens. Yeah. I don't know what that's like yet. Corey's got it above, you're definitely number one in that. Corey's got right between yeah. us. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. How old are you, Chris, Corey? My, my oldest is, she'll be, she's like 15 and a half. She's like, she's just, uh, okay. we've been driving for, she's pretty good at driving at this point. We've been driving for a few months now. And, uh, so she'll be 16 in October. So, and she's, she's taller than her mom and I'm, I'm almost, I'm just under six foot and 
I feel I think she might she might pass me. I don't know. She's pretty tall. Yeah. So That's all I hear. Yeah. So you guys get your learner's permits there at fifteen? We uh, can. No. Yeah. Yeah. In the yeah, in Illinois. Yeah, no, oh. it was the same. I got mine in fifteen in, in in Indiana. I don't know, it might be different now, but uh I must have gotten mine at fifteen. I remember driving with friends and not knowing I got we got pulled over. I remember driving with, with a girlfriend who was older than me and she had her license, but letting me drive and we got uh-huh. pulled over and I was like, yeah, I'm 15. I can draw. I can. So it must've been, I had my learner's permit at 15 and the cop was like, yeah, but she's under 18. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so she's about here at 16. So here we have 16 and then in a year you can get where you're driving on your own. So 16 is where you can drive with the, like graduated licensed driver with you okay. yeah and then you wait a year and you can do your road test to be able to drive on your own with still some like nighttime highway driving restrictions and stuff like that and then you can get your full license after another bit of time where you're just like free to do it all yeah but so my son got his uh after he turned 16 he got the we call it a G1. That's like your beginner's thing where you do a written test, you get this, then you can practice on the road with the experienced driver type deal. Yeah. But because he's been at this boarding school, he he's um, he'll be writing here. He'll be doing his road test. He's got that booked for when he's back in Ontario in June. I think a couple weeks after he's back, he'll have his road test. So then he'll actually be able to drive on his own. But he hasn't had a lot of chance to practice because when you're like at a boarding school with no vehicle to access, he's yeah. only driving these gears. So <laughs> yeah. interesting to see what happens when he's just suddenly allowed out on the road. Yeah. Well, we, well, we, so it's, so my, my daughter, she doesn't have her permit quite yet because she has, she'll have driving school uh, in the summer. So, okay. but, so everything up till now has technically been illegal. But but she but we've been driving so much to where like now she'll have volleyball tournaments like an hour away, at, you know, other cities around here. And I'll just let her drive like to you but, know. like that's good. Like, I OK, yeah. So technically it's not legal, but like yeah. she's going to be far more confident and experienced by the time she's legally allowed to drive on her own. Like she's yeah. going to be a confident driver. And that'll give you so much more like peace of mind when she, when you're not with her in the car, right? Yeah, yeah. That you've seen that over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And she and she yeah she's and she can drive pretty well. And we and so it's a thing where like after because you, you have to take driver's ed here and then you can get your license. You have to be at least sixteen, and it's like nine months after driver's ed, so she'll be able to get it next spring, and she'll be she'll be like sixteen and a half, something like that. You know what's funny is that here there's no mandatory driver's ed. Like, you don't do it in school. Mm -hmm. It's only private companies that you can pay. Like, you can do driving lessons. And I think that, like, if you do driving lessons through certain accredited places, then, like, you can actually get your graduated licensing sooner and you'll get a better deal on your insurance or whatever. Yeah. But we don't have mandatory instruction here at all. Like you go in, you can go in as soon as you turn 16 and all you have to do is pay your high 
120 bucks or whatever, and you can write your written test. And once right. you've passed that test, then you have the ability to drive as long as you have a graduated licensed driver with you. But like, there's no requirement to do any training. Yeah. You just I have did that, to- I did that where I went to a, I went to a like a like a like a school of it, you know, and and yeah. they taught me how to drive. And the guy was an alcoholic. Like so, I drove around with this dude, and he smelled like liquor, like big time. And he'd be like, "Okay, turn left here, go this, go straight, go right there." And he drove me to his house, and then he like walked inside. And when he came back, he like reeked of alcohol, and then had me had me drive him to the place. I guess, you know those, I don't know if you have, I'm sure you have them in Canada, where there's these, like, newspapers that are free. You just open it up, and it's like a... Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever you call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me say it. So I drove him to a place to pick up his stack to then deliver them. And just, like, he was, like, slammered. He had a chauffeur, like a DD. You were his DD. Yeah, what a great... What a great, yeah, what a great. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, I got to go. I'm yeah. so sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you're I fine. Some, I, I got something come up. No, like that's right. All right. Well, Aubrey, oh. well, we'll, we'll end it here. Aubrey, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. It's always a blast to have you on. We'll have you back on soon, for sure. So Absolutely. I can't wait. My pleasure as well. Anytime, guys. <laughs> yeah. All right. You take care. We'll talk yeah, to you. I'll miss you, Aubrey. Have a great night. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to Head Cannon. <laughs> <laughs>